Sign up to The Economist for in-depth curated expert analysis of world events and topics ranging from business and culture to science and technology. You'll get the weekly digital edition, online-only articles, curated newsletters on politics, the markets, science, culture and China, and full access to The Economist Podcast Plus. The Economist is independent journalism for independent thinking. Go to economist.com and get your first month free. Hey, we're going to switch gears here, talk about the UCP leadership for the next little while. Um, first and foremost, and, and, and I'll get into more detail about it later, we had a bunch of conversations yesterday about people who had their ballots, were receiving their ballots, and were all upset about the ballots. Um, because I don't want to have to vote for anybody. But okay, you don't. Don't. Um, the ballot comes. You're being asked to vote. Uh, it's a preferential ballot, so you don't just mark an X for your candidate. They're saying put a 1 besides your favorite candidate, two, your second favorite, three, and you can vote for as many or as few as you want. If you want to vote for just one candidate, go ahead and do that. If you want to vote for all six, go ahead and do that too. Um, okay, there was a lot of conversation yesterday. I don't want to have to vote for more. Well, you don't have to. You can vote literally for as many as you want. Okay, If you want to vote for all of them, go ahead, rank them. If you don't, you don't have to. Um, we've gone through a round of interviews with all of the candidates prior to... Um, Memberships being closed and, and ballots going into the mail. And now that that has happened, we're going to start round two of our interviews. And we've already got uh, many of them lined up. And we're going to start today with uh, Leela Ahir, who is a leadership candidate, as you know, and an MLA for Chestermere Strathmore. Um, Ms. Ahir, thanks so much for joining us. I appreciate your time. Hey, Shay. How's it going? Good, good. How are you doing? Oh, it's been it's been great. I love I actually love campaigns and I love meeting with people. It's wonderful to hear from folks across the province. It's been a real privilege. That's what I wanted to ask you. Now that the ballots are in the mail, things change a little bit. But what do mm -hmm. you think about how the campaign has gone thus far? First of all, personally, has it gone? Have you had as much? Um, has it been the campaign that you wanted to run when this all started? <laughs> There's been so much that's happened. I mean, you know, like it's been in the news, some of the stuff that's happened, but the the resilience of people. I mean, I'm a born and bred Albertan. You you live and breathe on resilience and strength. And, you know, when, when challenges are put in front of you, you figure out ways to navigate around that. And I think that a leader and a premier has to be able to show that strength no matter what the situation is. You can't, there's always going to be personal stuff, right? There's always going to be things, there's toxicity in politics that will always occur. But, you know, to be level-headed and be able to handle those things and to be able to go forward even under those extreme situations, I think, is really important. What about the campaign in general? Not just uh, your own campaign, but generally speaking, the entire leadership campaign through the debates, through the issues. Do you think Albertans have heard what they needed to hear? Has the party dealt with the, the real issues that Albertans are facing? Uh, well, that's a good question. I think so. What, one of the things that I think has been difficult, I would say, is that there is so much that's coming out from government right now, which in some ways, I mean, it, it's good to see that government is actually listening. The leadership candidates have all had some really good ideas right right across the board. And you can see some of that being reflected in government right now. But the bigger issue is, is that it also shows the disconnect between what is happening in government and what is happening with caucus and what is happening with Albertans. A lot of what you're hearing right now has never seen the live day in caucus. Uh, 
And it, it really describes for a lot of people why we're here in this leadership race in the first place. So if you're asking, Albertans are looking for unity. They're looking for strong leadership. They're looking for, uh, you know, consensus building. And they're looking for collaboration. And they're looking for, you know, people who can work together. So on one hand, you have leadership candidates that are really, I think, from their own perspective, my, myself included, really trying to find ways to navigate that. But then you have things that are happening in government right now that are not being consulted even with the can with with the regular with the regular caucus, right? Mm-hmm. So I think that for those of us, and I'll just speak for myself, for for me, the, you know, being able to show to Albertans um, that the the future of our party will not have this same sort of mandate with this top down approach. That this there will be all of the all of the MLAs are very very good people. They have been elected by their constituents. They understand the heartbeat of their constituencies, and they're they're there in order to be able to represent those people. Those voices really matter, Shane. And to anybody who's a leader or a premier of the province, that voice has to be part of the determining factor of the go forward. And so we have to go to show to Albertans that we can do that. And as you say, that's sort of the the whole intent of this leadership contest was to restore unity because we know the party had become deeply, deeply fractured and it ultimately led to the ouster of Jason Kenney. Um, Do you think, and and you're going to have competition within the leadership campaign, I understand that, but it seems to me that the division may have only gotten deeper within the UCP over the course of the past couple of months as this leadership contest has unfolded. Would you agree, or is this this what needs to be done for the UCP? <laughs> well, it's, it's interesting because I think both sides are true. There's, there's definitely fractures. I mean, I think that's been obvious in the debates, right? Um, and you also have, like, you know, there's so much talk around COVID and all of this, but we have leadership candidates that actually were in those COVID cabinets, right? who made those decisions. And like with anything, if you're going to build unity, you have to acknowledge what you were responsible for. You have to be able to move forward with those decisions, and you have to be able to show what you're going to do differently in order to be able, like what we're trying to do right now is earn back the trust of Albertans. Mm-hmm. For me, this is this is really important. If I get a second chance here, Shay, an opportunity to be able to lead our province forward the way that I believe that Albertans want us to lead forward, that second chance it requires a tremendous amount of humility and an ability to really, really involve people. We have right now in this province. Um, such growth opportunity. I mean, look at where we're headed, the trajectory, the economic stability, all of this. The word that really, really, I think probably I hear the most is about collaboration. People are tired of fighting. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash specialoffer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash specialoffer. Um, the, the left and the right have used the people of Alberta as, you know, they've been used in collateral damage in a ground war. And people are tired of that. They want to know that their government has their best interest. It's about human-centric policy, not policy that is ideological, not policy that's going to actively go out to try and demean or hurt one group or another. Um, it is about elevating. Conservatives are supposed to elevate. We are the, 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 the voice of the people. That's what we're supposed to be. And getting back to those fundamental principles is what this leadership race is all about, at least for me. It's been extremely humbling. 
Um, there's a lot of, and that's fracturing, as difficult as that may be, when, don't you actually want to know? I want to know where people are at. I cannot appropriately lead and be a good premier if I do not know where people's voices are at. And you, as hard as those conversations that they are, they are, we might be vehemently disagreeing with what people are saying, but you don't know how to lead forward or how to be able to help this province if you don't know what the voices of the people are. Going forward, this all wraps up uh, less than a month now, October 6th. Um, after that vote, first and foremost, if you don't win leadership, do you run as an MLA in the upcoming spring election? And number two, should Danielle Smith win this and put forward on day one the Sovereignty Act, do you vote to support that? Uh, no, I will not vote in, in favor of the Sovereignty Act. Of course, I'm. <laughs> it's funny to even ask. I haven't seen it. There is no <laughs> Fair enough, yeah. <laughs> You know, the, one of the things that as, as, um, as legislators, and I've been a legislator for seven years now, so I have some skin in the game. You don't ever talk about whether you're going to vote or not vote for a piece of policy you haven't seen yet. It's actually really inappropriate, right? But, but you have to be able to put your foot down when you're he- hearing about a mandate that will actually lead to separation. And I don't recall ever in the history of our party when we were Wild Rose or when we came together as the UCP that separation was a part of our mandate. I don't even know how we got to a point where that discussion would be relevant within this party. Maybe, you know, maybe Danielle needs to start a different party and work on that and have that that at the, you know, if that's where people are at, if there's a group of people who feel that way, then that might be a mandate for that. Well, to be fair, Danielle says it's not about separation. It's just exerting sovereignty within the Constitution. It's not about separation. Sovereignty already exists in the Constitution. All of the things that she purports and that she talks about, and I appreciate her intelligence and the discussions that she's having, it already exists in the Constitution. This is redundant. First pieces of legislation that need to come out need to be about Albertans and about are vulnerable about age, about reindexing seniors' benefits, about getting people back on track. But we're, you know what we hear when we talk to people, Shane? We don't hear about that. We hear about health care. We hear about education and funding that. We hear about how people are suffering through inflation. But also, like, for example, we met with um, the tourism industry last night. They're on a huge trajectory here for absolutely everything like the the sector is just going up and up and up and up but they're being impacted right now by federal policies there are things as a leader and as a premier that we need to address right now in order for alberta to lead canada i am so against any discussions that have us talking about leaving canada i want to be a leader we have our the best energy in the world we are resource stewardship people our agriculture our manufacturing our small businesses which are the heartbeat of this province our first nations like all of the things that we have been speaking about and working towards as a, as a province, we have every opportunity to be the place that everybody wants to come. We need to grow our population here. We need people to immigrate and immigrate into the province. We need to look at our labor shortage. We need to so many things that I could go on and on and on about with the province that we need to look at. We need to look at our fiscal responsibility. What are we doing with this? incredible windfall that we have coming in right now but that is happening because our brothers and sisters across the ocean right now are in the middle of a war these are things that we have to look at sustainability in a very volatile situation and adding that kind of chaos into situations that are already volatile based on our energy resource sector is going to drive investment away from Alberta. It will drive people away from Alberta. People need to feel safe to come here. They need to feel embraced and open, and we want to bring more people into this province. I am all about a yes. 
I want people to come here. I want them to be excited. I want to inspire people to see the province through my eyes, a province that I love and that I have committed my life to. And I will be here for the long haul. You know me. I stick it out. I always will. Okay. Um, it's, it's never been about me. It's about the people of Alberta. Um, speaking with Leela here, a UCP leadership candidate. Uh, last one, and then I'll let you get out of here. With uh, uh, less than a month to go here, um, personally, I, I, I don't think there's any question that Jason Kenney and our Lieutenant Governor both overstepped and, and broke some of the norms uh, of a leadership race by sort of getting involved around the Sovereignty Act. Do you agree and do you think uh, it would be better if it was the candidates themselves left to fight this battle and everybody else should just wait their turn and, and they'll get a turn, but maybe not right now? The the absolutely agree with your statement that this is amongst the leadership candidates. Absolutely imperative. There is no way that I, as a future premier, can make any headway when the sitting premier right now is making statements. And you know what the thing is? I don't disagree with what he said, but that's my statement to say. That is other people's statements to say. That is our ability to be able to chime in on that discussion on behalf of Albertans. Uh, Premier Kenny needs to hold the fort until a new leader is picked, and that is his job right now. That is his sole responsibility is to keep a stable hand on things and not to be injecting his conversations into any part of this leadership race. What about the lieutenant governor? Same rules apply to her? Oh, I think the rules apply right across the board. Yeah, okay. I think so. And But I, if you read, and I'm, I, I'm so sorry that I can't comment as much on the lieutenant governor, but the, she wasn't saying about intervening. My understanding was, and please correct me if I was wrong, is that she was asking for advice on what to do on the situation. And quite frankly, you know, when you're put on the spot to yeah. answer that, you answer the question. Whether she answered it correctly or not, I agree with you. There's just no place right now for people to be intervening in this discussion. Having said that, though, um, the fact that the lieutenant governor felt that she needed to have a response tells you about the level of chaos and concern and insecurity that is being injected into the province as a result of the Sovereignty Act. Uh, Ms. here. thank you so much for your time. I appreciate you joining us.